Chuck Holton is an American legend, a hero himself, a war correspondent. He's gonna join us right now to talk about coronavirus and how it affects him. Welcome to another Real American Heroes Coronavirus Special Edition. I'm Oliver North. Our guest today is Chuck Holton, coming to us from Panama. Chuck's a freelance correspondent. He's covered just about every war zone and conflict on the planet and hosts the Hot Zone podcast. Now, just so everybody understands, Chuck and I have known each other for, what, 25, 24 years, something like Long that. Long time. And we've traveled to a lot of those awful places. The president of the United States once described him with a certain language, and he was right. Let's leave it at that. But Chuck, you're now in Panama. How is that country handling this outbreak? Uh, Colonel, they've actually done pretty well with it. I mean, they did get hit pretty hard because there are real crossroads uh, as far as transportation goes. Uh, right now, we've got something around 4,000 cases, uh, but we have a much lower death rate than even the United States does uh, when it comes to per capita. Now, it's a very small country, and that makes them nimble in that they can declare, for example, we've, we've been under a, a total quarantine for uh, about three and a half weeks now. So uh, back on the 21st, 22nd of April, something like that, they said, everybody stay in your homes. You can leave one hour a week to go grocery shopping or buy medicine, that's all. You can't go for a walk, you can't exercise your dog, you stay in your house. And uh, while that was pretty uh, draconian and that would not have gone very well in the United States, Panamanians are pretty laid back people anyway. and they're kind of taking it in stride for the most part. Now we've had a, a little bit of uh, civil unrest in the really poor neighborhoods. And I think most of that is because people aid their houses are about the size of your walk-in closet. And that'd be enough to make you want to kill something to, uh, getting stuck in there for a month. But B, they literally don't have any food. And there are people that are literally starving to death. We've been uh, gathering food and taking it to poor people we know around our little town here. And we've talked to some people that have, you know, well, oh, thanks for coming. We ran out of food three days ago. Uh, so that is becoming a major issue, especially in the poor neighborhoods in the city. You were in Europe when all this started. And, and I, folks, I just want, Chuck and I have known each other. We probably talk at least two decades. And we talk just about every week. You were in Europe when all this started to go viral. Right. Describe for our viewers and listeners what it was like trying to get home, and, and friends, you have to understand, Chuck's mom was very, very ill. She passed just before Easter. But describe what it was like trying to get back from overseas to see your mom and then get home. Right, so uh, I was in England doing a men's retreat, and then I had to go to, to Paris. <clears throat> when I got to Paris, they started locking things down, sort of a, a rolling shutdown, and the president, as you mentioned, uh, said that, that they wouldn't accept any flights out of Europe. <clears throat> so I jumped on the, uh, the, the bullet train from Paris to get back to the UK because they were still taking flights out of there. Uh, got to Heathrow uh, with just hours to spare and it was a ghost town when I was there. I've never seen Heathrow like that before. That was really surreal. Uh, was able to make a flight from there to New York. Uh, went right through uh, New York with uh, no checks, no problems, no nothing, and then was able to make a flight to Panama. Once I got to Panama, I got the news that my mom really only had probably hours to live. And so I went, decided to go back to Reno where she was to be with her. 
getting back there proved to be more difficult because I had to fly through Costa Rica and then I got yanked off the plane from Costa Rica to Houston because they said the United States was only allowing people who had been in Europe to, uh, you know, go through like Dallas and others, certain other airports. 13, so, yeah. Yeah, so then I had to wait like 11 hours in Costa Rica, get a flight to Dallas, which, you know, really, Colonel, was ridiculous. I mean, all that happened when I got to Dallas was a guy took one of those little uh, thermometers and shot me in the forehead with it. Not like they couldn't buy those in Houston. I don't know what the big deal was. Uh, and then they let me go on from there to Reno. So uh, made it to Reno, was with my mom. Um, she was lingering. And then I got the, the word within about 24 hours that the president of Panama was going to lock Panama down for at least a month and not allow any flights in or out of Panama. Well, I had already been away from my family for uh, over a month. And so I didn't want to be gone another month. So I just made the very difficult decision to leave my mom and get back to Panama, made it in right under the wire. And now we've been locked down here, as I said, for about three weeks. Uh, it looks like they are going to have to extend this lockdown for at least another two weeks and maybe another month. So I'm glad I made that decision. Uh, my mom lingered for another two or three days before she passed, but she was essentially comatose at the time anyway. And we, we know we'll get to see her again. So, oh, yeah. so we're okay with that. Well, I, you know, you, you posted a, a wonderful eulogy to your mom that, uh, I hate, hate to admit that you can make an old Marine cry, but it was very, very powerful and very uplifting and very positive because you and I are chronic optimists because we know the outcome. We know the end of the story. Right. But if, for those who, who haven't seen it, how can they, how can they do so, Chuck? Uh, they can look it up on my, uh, my YouTube page. Just look up Chuck Holden. You'll find out way more about me than you ever wanted to know. That's for sure. And, and most uh, of it's even true. And I know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would say probably the hardest part about that whole thing is just the fact that we can't have a funeral. Yeah. I mean, it's, it'll probably be July or something before I'll be able to bury my mother. And yeah. that's just really weird. And it really disrupts the grieving process, you know? So I feel for all these other people that have, are in the same boat. You know, Chuck and I have spent a lot of time overseas in difficult and dangerous places together. You were recently in Panama reporting on the migrant caravans coming out of Honduras. What's the status of those caravans now? Yeah, actually, the last reporting trip that I did before all this happened was to Guatemala, from Panama to Guatemala, Colombia, uh, Honduras. And uh, the bottom line is that there are still, uh, there is still a pipeline of migrants that are making their way north to the United States. Now, they've all sort of frozen in place. The pipeline is, is stopped for the moment, but it still exists. Here in Panama, there are over 2,000 African migrants, for example, who have just completed walking through the Darien Gap. Uh, that's about a six day trip with very little food or water and a lot of people die on that trip. But they're languishing in camps down in the Darien jungle, uh, being fed by the Panamanian government, not allowed to leave. They're not very happy. There's a caravan that left, I think probably around the 22nd or 23rd of March, uh, left Honduras intending to walk to the United States again. They were allowed into Guatemala before everything shut down and now they're stuck there. Uh, so there are people just stuck at various points along the way. And that's actually causing some civil unrest because they're getting very frustrated. These are the, the most vulnerable uh, people 
out there. I mean, they not only don't have money or a home or I mean, they don't have any place to stay uh, and very, very uncertain future. They're rioting in places. Uh, we've seen riots in Honduras. We've seen riots in Guatemala. And actually, the, for the first time in a long, long time, there are now uh, migrants, more migrants going from the United States to Guatemala than there are from Guatemala to the United States. And that's because the U.S. has reinstituted these flights uh, that where they're deporting Guatemalans back to Guatemala. As a matter of fact, there was a flight that landed in Guatemala just about two days ago, two, three days ago, that had 44 COVID positive Guatemalans on the flight. And you can imagine that didn't make Guatemala very happy, but, uh, you know, it's their responsibility as far as we're concerned. Chuck, uh, last question. 50 years from now, when your great grandkids are studying about this extraordinary time in history, what do you want them to know about what you did? You know, Colonel, this is an extraordinary time. This is the kind of thing that we will tell our grandkids about. It's not the zombie apocalypse that we uh, maybe envisioned uh, years ago, but uh, the bottom line is there's a lot of hurting, needy people. Uh, for me, this is a vacation, really, more than anything. I mean, I'm forced to stay in my home for a month. Uh, and uh, We have a beautiful place here in Panama that's gorgeous weather. I'm with my, my loved ones. Uh, and, you know, it's not that bad for us. But there are people all around us that are hurting and that are hungry. And so we are trying to organize to... Uh, gather up the supplies that we can and go help those people. And I would like it said of me that uh, we didn't waste this time. Uh, God is working in a thousand different ways that we just can't even see. And I think that our job is to find the places where he is working and try to join him in that no matter what's going on around us. And so uh, whether I'm charging into a hail of gunfire in Syria or I'm you know stuck here at home and trying to feed the neighbor next door, I'm going to try to do that to the best of my ability. Chuck, you're always an inspiration. My thanks for being with us today and providing facts our fellow Americans can use in these very challenging times. We're going to continue documenting the history of this never-before crisis with these special coronavirus episodes. If this Real American Heroes special broadcast has been informative, helpful, or encouraging to you, please take time now to subscribe and let me know how these unprecedented events have affected you and yours. By doing so, you too may become part of this historical record of how America persevered and once again prospered. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, America, press on, press on. <laughs>